Hey everyone, this is Annie Tevlin, founder of Skin Owl Skincare and your host of Off the Record, the podcast. From years of helping people with their skin, it dawned on me that when you're talking to people about their skin, be it acne or aging, the conversation so often becomes about one's insecurities, lack of self-worth, and how to reconcile who they are while living in the skin they're in. The road to healing one's skin is not solely paved with a good face oil or eye concentrate, but with an openness that I have felt so fortunate to be on the other end of. This vulnerability motivated me to start a podcast. This podcast, one that has evolved into a magnetic epicenter of amazing humans telling their story in a truly raw and transparent way. Join me every Monday as my guests and I dive deep into universal truths by way of humor, heartache, and hope. Now it's just you and me. I respect your privacy. What happens here when I believe this room? So lock the door, put me in, put a finger to my lips. Cause I can't say I've got what I would do. Off the record with you. Roughly a year and a half ago, Amy Duncan and I sat down to have one of the most raw and real conversations I've ever had. Episode 20, which aired on January 28th, 2019, is one of those episodes that frankly just brings you to your knees. Amy and I sat down in the throes of one of Amy's greatest challenges, which I see as reconciling the love you have for someone you just might lose. I will forever be in awe of Amy's bravery that day, the way she can articulate pain, find philosophy and fear, and in the end, lean on faith for the answers she so seeks. Now, to bring you up to speed on who Amy Duncan is, let me break down this wonderful woman for you. Amy G. Duncan is the CEO and founder of the supercharged skincare line, Moellens. Her product power is in creating CBD products powered by plants, backed by science, and created for superhumans who are, as Amy believes, only human. Originally from St. Louis, Missouri, Amy brings a deep understanding of the cannabis plant and 10 years in the healthcare industry, ranging from pharmacy, medical device, biotech, and clinical laboratory. Now, these are not products for the sake of being products. Instead, the way I see it, this range gifts every user the reminder that you have everything you need to succeed inside of you. But if you are ever in doubt of said truth, Mo Ellens is there to help carry the load. So I wanted to bring Amy back into the studio today. And by studio, I mean Zoom room, because as we sit here in our homes, quarantined, I get the feeling that Amy has spent her time safer at home reconciling much of the last year, wherein some of this story begins eight years ago. Amy's not okay moment came in 2012 when her husband was diagnosed with a glioblastoma brain cancer. It is without question that this news single-handedly took Amy on a journey that she could have never imagined, which we will talk about today. And I can tell you Amy's passion for life, health, and wellness is most certainly contagious. But what I love most about her is her view of the world, her deep connection to self, the way she cares for herself, how she doesn't rush through things or try and go around them. She knows the importance of going through pain and overcoming challenges head on so that she can heal in a very specific way, which is in her own time. She marches to the beat of her own drum. Her inner voice is strong and wild. And today, I imagine Amy and I will do what we do really well. Talk, share, 
and unravel if need be. But one thing is for sure, Amy, wherever you go, you will most certainly be cloaked in love and support because your heart most certainly knows no bounds. So I thank you so much for coming back to the studio to discuss what I hope will be a very healing conversation, not only for you, but for all of the listeners around the world today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the incredible and sweet Amy Duncan to the OTR Zoom room today. Welcome, Amy. You are too much. I just love you. Those (laughs) intros, I swear. I'm like, is that really me? And you're, I can't believe it's been a year and a half since we talked last. It's insane. I mean, we communicate obviously outside of the podcast, but since I was last on the podcast, how has a year and a half gone by? Because time is flying in wicked ways. Honestly, like I can't, I I looked back because I was like, oh, what episode was that? As we're, I think this is like episode 89. I was like, it was probably 40 or 45. It was episode 20. Like you were my 20th episode. That is insane to me. It is insane. Um, Okay. So how, uh, you know, for everybody listening, I think I say this now uh, a lot, uh, at least over the last two months or so, but how are you faring? We are in the middle of this uh, safer at home movement um, with the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I'm like in a very small guest room. Amy's in the closet. So if that sheds any light on on the current temperature, talk to me about how you are. I'm currently in my closet, you know, um, no, but really I, I've been through so much in the past six months and, you know, my life has come to a, a very strict halt, um, in September. And that is probably one of the culminating points in my life. I I think you already know, but my husband actually passed in September. And it was a really long, hard fight for so many years, for seven years. And when that happened, it was the hardest thing I've ever been through. So yes, we're going through another really hard time as a community now, as a culture, as a society. And I'm once again, slowing my pace. And I feel like I've, even after Chris passed, that there was something in me that halted, but then wanted to keep going. And I felt like I couldn't necessarily heal in that moment because I didn't have time to live in the healing. I just needed to move forward. Otherwise, I was going to fall back the other direction. And so I started to move forward. Um, and now this is another slow and, and another, another reset for me. You know, I, I saw on Instagram, and, and I know this just from our friendship, that you that Mo Wellens is going into its third year in existence. Do you feel like the past three years, so to speak, it's like you kind of get going and then there's a pause and then, you, and then you're just about to round the corner and then there's like a pullback. What do you make of that? That kind of um, stop and go and stop and process pattern that's been happening? Well, I think that there, actually I know that there are multiple times in our life where we have to refine our purpose. And those are moments like this virus, like my husband passing, like him getting diagnosed, just 
it could be anything in people's lives, moving careers, moving locations in the country, relationships, anything. Every time something is taken from us or added to our lives, we need to reevaluate our purpose. So these are opportunities for us to do that. These aren't necessarily bad things. Absolutely. How, you know, let, let me back up a little bit. The last time we spoke, you and your husband were going through a separation. You were, you had just uh, moved out of Laguna Niguel and into West Hollywood. He was in Tucson. Um, and tell me if my memory is, is uh, my jogging of memory is incorrect here. And, you know, there was tension in the relationship, but nonetheless, you were his caregiver. You know, for so many years, it was just the two of you through the good times and the bad. And then, you know, the podcast aired in late January. And what what did life look like for you from the airing of that podcast until September when he passed? Yeah, so I would say separation in terms of distance. You know, we were still married, still together, talked every day. And really it was more so the art of letting go and figuring out how both of us, um, him being one that was potentially going to lose his life. Um, and I think he knew that more than I knew that or believed that. And him letting go of me and getting to a place where he called home, which was Tucson for growing up all of his years, um, him letting go and letting me continue to live and run the business and find stable ground on my own was a very comforting place for him in the middle of a very turbulent and un time of unrest. And then on my end, it was, you know, I had been with Chris, we met in 2007. So I was all of my adult years married or engaged or, or with him. And I really didn't know how to even take care of myself. I didn't know what life would look like when he wasn't with me anymore. And so letting go for me was that learning process of trying to figure out if I was going to be okay. And I felt like he wouldn't let go of his life, of his health, of his time on this earth until he knew that I was okay. And so I've never heard him happier than when I found a place in West Hollywood to live. And he said, you know, I, I asked him many times, you know, how many times do you want to go back and forth to visit? Because that'll determine whether the place is for me or whether it needs to be for us. And he said, no, Amy, I want this to be for you. And finally, I, I looked at two places and I called him and I said, I found a place and I, I really like it. And he said, I'm so happy for you. And I think those steps in my life of, of finding myself and finding peace and stability were moments for him that he found joy. And it was really over after the podcast and, and um, after moving, it was a lot of that communication via FaceTime and seeing each other. And then come June, really, he... Well, in January, he had lost the ability. So most people couldn't understand him, although I had been with him for so many years that I, I could understand him. 
And so we would FaceTime. And then in June, he fell a few times because he had no more feeling in his right arm or right leg. And so when he fell, he called me. And I knew that a phone call at one in the morning that was only via phone and not FaceTime was not good. And all I heard when I picked up the phone was help. And so I arranged an emergency vehicle or ambulance to come over and get to the house in the middle of the night and get him to the hospital. And he had fallen and had been out for quite a while and had cracked his head open. And and so I immediately flew there and went back and forth then every weekend. Finally, though, I did um, decide that I needed him to be with me and I wasn't going to not be there for him um, physically. And so I brought him back to California. And I remember the, the time when I decided, I kept asking him, you know, do you want to come back to California? Do you want to, do you want to, you know, be with me? And it's so hot here, you know, and he's like, yes, so <laughs> hot. So I got an emergency vehicle and this was a week before he passed. And I really didn't know whether he was going to make it, but I prayed on it and I really meditated and like, let it be okay. And I said, I'm going to bring you back to California. And I found a place within a mile from my house. That was a 24 hour care facility. It was brand new up to his standards, which are very high. <laughs> and, um, and so I brought him back. And when I got out of, after a nine hour drive, I got out of this in the middle of the street at 10 o'clock at night. And I spun around in a circle and I said, we made it. And he said, we made it. My gosh. I, I find it incredible that you uh, uh, there's so many things going through my brain right now. I find it incredible that you are one of the few people that I know who in times of pain um, can articulate, and I said this in your intro, but can articulate themselves so brilliantly so that the person reading is there. Like it honestly mm-hmm. feels like, and and this is not to say that anybody knows what it's like to be there because that's far from the truth, but that you just have a way of speaking through things that shows the depths of your understanding and your faith. In September, I saw you, uh, this was written on Instagram. You said, how do I feel so heavy when I know you are free? I'm saying this to myself to unlock the paralysis I feel. Slowly, I move through my days doing things that must be done, seeking continued inspiration for the things I have been passionate about for life now blurred. I work daily to be present and in the now. I work to remember you and program my mind with your strength. I, that, I mean, I have chills reading that now. You know, what has life, what has your purpose been since his passing, you know, in terms of run, it's hard enough to run a business and now you're doing it in, uh, in the wake of, of someone that you love being lost. I mean, seeking continued inspiration for the things I have been, been passionate about for life now blurred. Can you, can you yeah. walk us through what you mean by that? Yeah. I mean, I started a company right when he was re-diagnosed when the cancer returned. And my purpose in doing that was freedom freedom for myself, freedom so that others could see that even in the midst of pain and struggle that you can create your own freedom and freedom to 
give me time to spend with him. And my purpose was really to inspire others to, to know that they are okay. And that if you eliminate all things from your life in this present moment, you are okay. And when he passed, it was almost like I, I was myself. Moellen's was my, my channel, but Chris was in between that. It was me through Chris to Moellen's. And then when he was no longer present here on this earth, I said, I, I kind of had this clear direction. You know, I had this clear channel to Moellen's and I had to really reassess and say, you know, everything that I did was for him, for us, for Moellen's in the community. And is that really my, my purpose? Because now it is blurred. That person that was side by side is no longer with me. And I had to reestablish what that was going to look like moving forward. And how was I going to continue to do something day in, day out without my source of inspiration being right there by my side? Absolutely. I, you know, I sit here uh, obviously as a business owner and I think while maybe many entrepreneurs don't talk about it, there are several moments in growing a business where you feel like maybe you should be doing something else because it is so challenging and so financially you know, burdening at times. And it's very easy to be like, I think I'm just going to pack this up and do something else. Like, I don't know if I'm wired to actually manage this. And then you go through something like what you have gone through and, you know, did you come out of that? And I, you started to speak uh, to that, but did you come out of it and think like, I don't think that Moellen's like, I can't have this extra stress or this, uh, my purpose is now greater or I have an understanding of what life is all about and it's not about skincare and it's not, you know, I, and I asked that because I, I went through that after my divorce. It was like, I just don't think that this is what I should be doing anymore. Like there's greater things, you know, that that maybe need my attention in the world. Where did business and that loss intersect? Well, from a personal standpoint, I started to ask myself what my personal purpose is. And I started to say, if if you didn't have the company, you know, we spend so much of our time just doing for the company. But like, what is our personal purpose? And I started to see that my personal purpose was to, one, educate people and on a greater purpose, which for me is regenerative agriculture. It's climate change. It's impacting the world and the little things that I do every day to make it better. And then it's also to invest and to purchase products and use things in my life that I believe the companies that I purchase from have those same values and they do care for the planet as much as I do. And I started to believe in things that were larger than myself and that refueled my belief in a personal purpose. Giving back to the community, I started a scholarship fund for him in his name and so things like that, that were mission driven and gave me purpose in my personal life, I realized that that can breathe life into my company. And although I've always wanted that, and as an entrepreneur, if you start a business like, for example, Patagonia, right, you hear about all of the things that they do and um, 
you know, I know the founder of Quicksilver and like they're a mission driven. And yeah, I've always gone into Moellens with that, but I, I didn't really like as a startup, you're just trying to get off the ground and you have these things, but they're not like they're, they're there, but they're not necessarily breathing. So when his breath left, I infused more of that, like almost like that, that voice from above into me to give Moellen's life and more purpose. And really those mission driven, um, that purpose and that those values started to emerge even more powerfully in Moellen's. I, yeah. And I, I recognize that, you know, do you, sometimes I think the one silver lining when you lose someone is that you almost feel like you have an angel for life. You know, there there's this unspoken breeze or understanding that you just have someone guiding you and helping you. Do you feel that presence? You know, do you believe in that? Do you feel that presence? Like where does Chris show up for you now in your life? Well, right when he passed, I read this book called Signs by Laura Lynn Jackson. She's the the medium that was on the Goop Lab, but I didn't know she was going to be on the Goop Lab. I read the book before, like right when he passed. And I get signs from him literally every day. There isn't, it's the little things that, like the day that he passed, I went out on the, the porch of the house and I remember I was on the phone with my friend Lori and she she was talking and this hummingbird literally came within six feet of my face and was just hovering right there. And I said, and she's talking and I I was just not even listening. And I said, I'm sorry to cut you off. There's just this hummingbird that's right in front of my face right now. And I could stick out my arm and touch it if I wanted to. And she was like, oh my gosh. And then she, you know, searched it and sent it to me. Then there was a double rainbow, you know, at his funeral. But I think the most powerful sign that I've gotten from him was the the actual, the first sign that I was like, you know, okay, double rainbow, okay, hummingbird. But like, really, Chris, I need a sign. And I was... So after he passed, he passed in California. We wanted to do a service back in Arizona. And so, you know, I had to go through a lot of a lot of hoops and logistics to get him back. And, you know, I'm one that I I do believe that the body is just a vessel. So I knew that spiritually I was okay with anything that I had to do, you know, physically to get him back. Well. I was going to do a closed, or I wanted to do a closed casket. And his brother had called me and his brother said, Amy, I think there's something really powerful about having an open casket, like having a viewing. And I said, all right, well, let me think about it. And so I thought about it and prayed on it. And I said, all right, you know, I do, I do believe that I can do that, but I remember my last moments with him and I didn't want an open viewing to, to jeopardize that. And so I said, okay, I think I can, I'm okay. Um, I can be okay with an open viewing. 
So long story short, they bring the they bring him back and they said on Friday at five o'clock, you'll be able to come in and see him for the first time since he's, you know, been prepared. I said, okay, well, my husband was six, six. So for one, I had to get this giant casket. And for two, I just, he's such a powerful presence. Um, I didn't know how I would feel about seeing him like that. So she, I go in and my, my family had flown into Tucson and they said, you know, Amy, do you want us to go with you? And I said, no, this is something that I need to do by myself. So I had his chain that he always wore around his neck and I had taken it off of him when he passed and it had our wedding ring, his wedding ring on it. So I held the the chain in my hands and she said, and I showed up at the at five o'clock and the woman was super sweet. And she said, okay, you can go into the chapel. We have him in the chapel and I'll come in in a couple minutes. So I remember the door open and if there's ever been a more powerful energy that I've ever felt in my life, it was then. And I just, it was so strong that I like held my hands to my heart with the necklace because it's almost like he was so powerful in that room. I, I was like, it was taking my breath away kind of. So I like remember turning and walking up to see him. And um, I just looked down at him and I said, I just felt this wave come over me and he looked good, right? He looked good. But I said, man, he wouldn't want anybody to see him like this. Like, it's just, it wasn't a position of power. Chris was like so powerful. And so she came in and she said, how, how do you feel? And I looked at her and I said, it has to be a closed casket. And she goes, looked up at me, just a shock look on her face. And I said, I'm sorry. She said, I said, it has to be a closed casket. And she said, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. And immediately after that, there's no one else in the facility at five o'clock on a Friday. And on the other side of the brick wall was where the carport is, where the hearse sits outside right and immediately I said it has to be a closed casket and she said are you sure and I said yes all of a sudden the alarm on the hearse starts going off like beep 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 and I said she looked up at me and I looked at her and she goes I'm so sorry there is nobody else here and that has never happened before and I said oh no it's okay that's him telling me that I made the right decision. Uh, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I, have, I have chills. You know, it's a unbelievable segue to the next question, which is, do you feel like you had closure? And I, I think that's, a, that's an interesting question to ask someone who loses someone because it so often it happens suddenly. And, you know, you never know the, you never know, right? What's going to happen to people and um, and so, yeah, I'd like to ask you do, you, do you feel like that moment was your closure? Did you have closure before then? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a big moment of closure and belief for me that he was free and okay. And, um, you know, closure is one thing, but the pain is still there, you know? And um, 
I've really been working on myself to figure out how do I how do I do things in my life that I did enjoy before and not feel like I still have a pain or that I'm that I feel like guilt for doing them. And I actually was in a women's circle two nights ago. And at the and we did a meditation, then we had some journaling exercises. In one of the journaling exercises, we were asked, you know, what can we control? What do we feel off balance externally? What do we feel off balance internally? And then what changes can we make in both of those externally and internally? Then we meditated again. And then after the meditation, we were supposed to quickly write down 10 affirmations. Well, I wrote them down and I'm typically short with affirmations like, I am light. I am to follow the light. I am loved. I am okay and being watched over. I am more. Okay. And I wrote these down, 10 of them. And I said to myself, then, then the full circle ended. And afterwards, I said to myself, how is, that, how is it that I can write these down, but yet I, I don't fully believe them? Like I, I see them on paper and it's supposed, that, it's supposed that if I read them and say them enough that I will believe them. But yet there's a limiting belief on the other side. So I am okay and watched over. I am more. Well, I have, a, I have a hard time dreaming big anymore. I have a hard time looking at the future. That's my limiting belief, right? So I said to myself, the healing of the pain is in the middle. It's in that bridge. Like it's in the ability to release that pain. And that's where that bridge is. That's like where the hope starts to build. The hope that you can get over the top and that you can start to believe that affirmation. And so I actually wrote the bridge to each of those in poetry. And like, there's some of my best work. Like, so one, the one that I wrote that was the limiting belief is I am always okay and watched over. And this one, it says, I hope you know you are free to dance even if your dancing partner is gone. Even if your legs feel out of practice, it's okay to start again. It's okay to feel joy. You are free to feel alive. And it just is like a permission slip. It's something that we can look at when you're on the teeter-totter between between your limiting belief and that area of pain and wanting to know that you can move forward safely. It's that thing that you read that's like builds that hope in you. Absolutely. I, you know, I remember my therapist after my divorce said, you know, one day you're going to wake up and you're not going to, you know, tomorrow you're not going to feel good. You're still going to feel that loss. And then the next week you're going to wake up and you're you're going to feel that loss again, only this time you're going to cry. And then the next week you're going to feel that loss and then you're going to feel like you're never going to love again. And then one day, and I don't know when that day will happen, but one day you will wake up and you will just feel a little bit better. And the fact that you do feel a little bit better or you see a little bit more light means that, you know, could there be more on the way? 
And I found that so powerful that so often we just want to kind of get to the next stage or get to that place where we're not feeling what we feel. But sometimes just a glimmer of light or hope that says, you know, this circle for you, that breath, that ability to write something so beautiful that is like one of the best things you've ever written. It's like, wow, you know, there's power in that. I, you know, obviously at the expense of letting you know how much I voyeur your Instagram, I wanted to read one thing that I think is a good segue into what you're talking about now. Uh, You said roughly a month ago, um, ever since Chris passed away, I felt very vulnerable and honestly too raw to show my face as much on here or Insta stories. Call it a block or just a natural part of grieving and an inconceivable loss. But personally, I allowed the fear, the feelings, and the distractions to win. The voices in my head kept me quiet. Right now, I feel the gravity of what it means to be a human on this planet to look up and around. For my part, I am using this moment in time to connect with my own grace and my voice. How does it feel to hear that back? Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think we all have areas in our life where we hide. And we hide for different reasons. And for me, you know, the, the grief and the pain of going through losing my, the love of my life, the person that I've lived every day with, there were parts of me that were paralyzed. Like before he passed, we did clean MRI dance parties on our, on my Instagram story. And we're not scripted people. So we got one take, you know, like whether you were on beat, whether your moves were on point, you got one take. And like, that's what it brought us joy to do that, you know? And since he was no longer my wingman, it, I felt like I couldn't show my face on there. I felt like, and I don't, I don't feel bad that I felt like I couldn't do that. I just, it became a time, it came to a point where I felt like it was a block where it went on for too long to where it started to build up and it was an energetic block. And I said, you know what? I do want to get on there and say hi to people and use the simple words of hello to free my own, you know, stagnant energy. And it was the simple words of hello to people and their reply back that started this fluid motion, this gentle conversation, you know, and and really return back to the basics. I get that. You know, I think it's tough. I think, you know, you have your real world, which is the world that you lost someone in. And then you have this alternative reality, which is is supportive and very real um, and a place for people to connect. And sometimes we feel an indebtedness to it. Like, you know, you, you want to stay relevant. You want to stay in the mix. You don't want to disappear for too long. Like, I feel like I should get on there and say something. Or, you know, even I think the pressure that... Uh, We all, I think, are experiencing now where it's like, we all just should share, you know, like we all need to share everything that's going on in our lives and, and we can't trust you if you're not sharing. And I think that that's a very dangerous place to be because there are some things that are just not meant to be shared and they're meant to be, um, you know, that road is meant to be traveled alone. And sometimes when there's too many people and too much noise and too many lights, it's blinding. And I think that I, I, I loved the, the voice that you had um, throughout that process. 
you know, I I saw it with my own eyes. I was on the other end of it. And it felt like when you were inspired to say something um, and you wanted a, like a diary uh, entry to be to be out in the open, you shared it. And there was nothing that was inauthentic or not part of your value system. Like you weren't sharing because you wanted the cheap seats. You were sharing because it was a VIP experience that you wanted to let people into. And I think that... Um, you know, I I just want you to know that it was very evident that your journey, which is still, I'm sure, uh, you know, it's still part of the process of healing and grieving, and I think mourning, some, you know, in most cases, is something that we do forever. I thought it was a graceful and beautiful entry whenever you did decide to share. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I I think just honoring, you know, how you feel during pain is what's so important because it, I haven't really like during this time, especially being at home, I've never really turned my house into a home. You know, it's just always felt really empty and I've traveled and I've always kept on the go because then it felt like I was gone, not he was gone. And this has given me time to really sit with myself and and not worry that the pace of the world, I'm going to miss out on something. You know, I, I can really sit with myself and know that this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm supposed to operate at my own pace. And that the people who are aligned with your frequency are going to come into your life regardless. So as long as we s- stay true to that, in the moments when we need people like us, they will be there. Isn't it crazy that it's like, I just don't want to miss out on anything. But the reality is that by participating sometimes in that alternate reality, you're missing out on your on your life. You know, mm-hmm. like how, when, if not with concern to what you were going through, when are you supposed to check back into your life? Like, when are you supposed to shut down that... that um, portal. Like that Mm -hmm. is the exact moment where if you're being pulled to process and heal and grieve and not be distracted, like that's, that's what has to happen. It is a time where people, I think, meet you more than halfway and want that for you too. And I think now I'm in a part, a stage where I do want to dream. I do want to go back to, you know, my 15 year old self that had big goals and big dreams and that saw them so clearly that there was not an obstacle that could get in the way that was going to deter me. And now I want to go back to that because I realized that, you know, I bounce back and forth from dreaming big to being present. And I've realized that I've been present for a really a good amount of time. Um, and I've, if you ask me what my dreams are, I have a hard time telling you what they are. And so I need to start really feeling okay with dreaming big. And that was one of my, the affirmations was I am more. And I actually wrote, I am to be more. And then I crossed out the to be and I said, no, I am more. And the limiting belief is that I don't have dreams. And so my, my poetry in between that one was I hope that you know it's okay to dream big. And when you dare to dream big, you are safe. And not that it was like this fearful place. And I realized that when the pace of the world around us is so go, 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 we often go with that flow 
and sacrifice our own dreams unknowingly. And so now we have a moment to sit with ourselves and to figure out, are those dreams that I have set for myself or that I need to set for myself, are they really who I am right now? They could have shifted and that's fine. But like, let's set our own dreams and goals and emerge from this at our own pace. I think that is a very powerful thing to consider, you know? And I want to ask you a sub-question to that. You know, you say like, I toggle between feeling present and, and big dreams. How do you know when you are in a place of presence versus achievement, ambition, looking, you know, like presence and then versus looking to the future, dreaming, thinking of what's to come? What are the surefire signs that show you like, I'm I'm present, you know, because you say like I've been in that place for the past few months. Like, well, how do you know that that is showing up for you? Yeah, tangibly, I am quiet. I'm still. My communication is rooted. It's calm. Whereas, if you hear me talk about my dreams, it's like fire. I I feel like you have said a bit of this, but I'd like just to hear it, I think, in a more freeing way. What do you think with, after years of being a caregiver, years of using mental energy and bandwidth and, you know, going up and down uh, in terms of feeling anxious or afraid of that loss? I mean, now, from where you sit, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but his passing was roughly eight months ago. You know what ha- what is in place of that loss? What has filled up the parts of your life and bandwidth and mental energy that was once spent doing the things that I just mentioned? Wow, that's a really good question. I think that I have a great community of people around me. And that they show me love in different ways, that fills me up in different ways. And they also point out to me when I'm going back into caregiver mode and I'm giving and giving and giving, and they watch me start to become depleted as I had been in the past. And having those type of people around me really fills me up. I've also, I would say I spend, again, a lot of time on work, um, on, on running Moellans on a daily basis. And I found a quality of life that is far different than what I used to have. And I enjoy the work that I do on a daily basis uh, with the company. And I'm very measured in what we do. And then I think third is I read and I'm careful with my energy and the rituals and the gentle self-talk. And I almost have like a an angel that he he is with me and he still does fill me up and I still get a lot of fulfillment from knowing that he is there. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, uh, uh, another, a sub, a sub to the sub question is like, what makes Amy happy? You know, like when you mm-hmm. think about like joy, 
in your life after that being such a complexity, like arriving at joy, but then feeling like that joy could be taking, taken from you, that almost that foreboding type joy. And now with you know time, as we all sit at home to contemplate and process and mourn further and heal in the ways that you so uh, desire... You know, when you think about a smiling Amy, like what is that? What is she doing? Is she dancing? Is she swimming? Is she back in the Maldives? Is she like, what is that for you? Take me back any day. (laughs) I couldn't believe those pictures. I'm like, how did this place exist? Oh, it was so gorgeous. I there are three things that bring me joy. One is being in nature. And although we're kind of in obviously in quarantine mode, I still have a garden outside. I'll go sit outside. I'll pull the dining room chair outside on the porch. I don't care who sees me. I'm enjoying the trees and I love it. Number two is I love seeing acts of kindness. I I love those moments and really live for those moments that I go, hmm, and just like hold my heart. Those bring me joy. Those make me feel like this life is worth living. And then number three is just being silly and goofy and dancing and like letting my playful child imagination like just run wild. It's amazing. Are you finding a lot of that in, you know, and I don't know what downtime looks for you now, looks like for you now. I know there are some business owners who are like, oh my God, I'm busier than ever. And there are some people who aren't. Um, are you finding, you know, obviously you speak of your garden, but are you finding that in the quiet that um, you're finding more and more of that is emerging? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm really good at balancing my life nowadays. We're busy and very grateful for everyone's support during this time because it is very scary what's going on. But I think that we should view it as an opportunity, even though it is really hard. It's changed what what we look like, what we do, what our team looks like. It's it's hard. It's really hard. But yeah, I you know, I act like I'm on the voice every time it comes on. Like that's my childhood <laughs> play. I don't think a lot of people get to see the real silly fun side of me. So, you know, but I it is there. I am a very joyful joy-filled person and I you know, I will never stop finding joy in life. I think you and I need to do an IG live together where maybe we put on a concert, um, <laughs> like where it's just like, you know, dance like no one's watching and it's just like yeah. sing like no one's listening. And it's just, you know, we just go for it. We go for it and we just, we don't ask. Right. We don't ask. That's like a, that's a huge band-aid ripping <laughs> off, but maybe. I'll go with the maybe. <laughs> you're like, all I said was that I like, you know, singing to the voice and now you're putting me online. What the hell yeah. is going on? It's amazing. So when you think about the future of Mo Ellens, and maybe this is a tough question because nobody knows what the future of their business is going to look like. Uh, and I, I, I sincerely mean that. Like we have zero idea of what's to come. But when you think about everything that you've been through, um, uh, you say that Mo Ellens um, is, is mission-driven and you're able to really be intentional about it not just being a product line, but that through the product line, that's the catalyst for like real global change and awareness. You know, what else excites you about building your business over the next few years once things uh, return to normal, so to speak? Yeah, on the mission and, and the purpose side of the company, 
we've put some really powerful partnerships in place and are even going to turn on more partnerships this year. Um, you know, beauty has such a, a lack of sustainability in terms of packaging and recycling and just the waste that is attributed to the beauty industry. And so we are going to turn on the recycle program where you can actually ship back the glass and aluminum packaging and, um, you know, get back into the recycled glass manufacturer's hands. And then ultimately we will convert to using recycled glass uh, packaging. And so we're going to turn that on shortly. And I want to be able to do it for other brands. Like I really don't care if you use another skincare product and not every step of your, of your skincare routine or of your supplement routine is, is Moellen's. But I do care that you get the waste into the right people's hands. So I want to just do things that are, that are purposeful and that give our community purpose as well, knowing that, you know, when they buy from us, that we're doing the right thing and we help them contribute to climate change. Absolutely. You know, for everybody listening, if you have not been to Moellen's website or Instagram, um, we will obviously put all of that in the show notes. But um, if you... It's funny. I just turned British there for a second. I was like, your show notes. Okay, show notes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's dark days over here, folks. I don't know. My identity crisis is happening uh, minute by minute. So uh, if you were to advise someone on where to start with with Moellen's, like what would be your like, okay, one, two, three, like this is your this is your power couple or you know surefire winner. Well, I mean, on the skincare side, cleanser, moisturizer, serum, or cleanser, moisturizer. Just having those like bookends, right? So obviously, those two, Living Cleanse and Botanical Botanical Dew, are great products. And I always say for CBD tinctures, for just like rebalancing internally, finding your equilibrium, quieting the noise that inner piece is our go-to. And it's really unlike anything else out there. So, and obviously our inner voice, our inner balance contributes to what you see on your skin. So if you're having skin issues, I think that that's a great step to take to kind of expedite the change. I love it. I love it. Okay, I want to end on a spiritual note. I would like to know something that you would want to communicate to your angels I'm not just Chris, but anybody, you know, grandparents or anybody else, like, what do you want? And maybe it's like what you, a wish or what you hope for or something that you hope that you um, will always receive from them. You know, what are your needs in terms of your angels? And what do you think your angels are saying to you? Hmm. I think that my angels are saying to me that they see me. And that no matter what happens in my life, that they won't give up on giving me the signs, the strength, the support that I need to continue living a joy-filled life. And I hope that they know from me just how grateful I am to be given the channel to them because I don't think that all of us are self-aware, are, are quieted enough to hear what they have to say. And I pray that we can all get to a point because it makes life so different 
when you can see what perhaps could come after it. And you're in so much connection with that, that you are even more connected to others and even more grounded to your life here on earth. And so I just hope that they know how grateful I am because it's, it's self-work, but it's also allowing their voices to come through in such a strong way. And I know that, I mean, I, it makes me chuckle because Chris wouldn't give up on me hearing his voice. If I wasn't hearing it or seeing the signs, he would like probably, I, I don't know what he would do, but he would do something drastic. And yeah, I just want them to know that I'll do everything it takes to to continue living and and letting others see what they what they created, who they were, how they loved, and let my light be their light um, here on this earth. Um, you are an incredible person. I think you've got to be a very specific type of uh, person not to listen to this interview and not have um, so much of it resonate. Um, you are just visionary. And I just, I love the way your brain works. And I love the time that you put into yourself and the care that you give yourself so that you can reason, you know, with the fairness of life. And yeah, I, I have a feeling people are going to want to keep in touch with you after hearing this. Can you please share, um, you know, websites, Instagram handles, like how can people stay in touch and, and keep tabs on you? Um, my personal page is Living Duncan, L-I-V-I-N-G, Duncan, D-U-N-C-A-N. And I'm website and social are all living Duncan. And then Moellens is M-O-W-E-L-L-E-N-S. That's the website and social as well. Amazing. So we will, um, this is Amy Week. Uh, and so we'll be sharing all the audiograms and, um, you know, pull quotes and amazing moments of the podcast throughout the week. We will put all of Amy's information in the show notes uh, so that you can keep in touch with her. Amy, I love you. I can't wait. You know, yeah. I'm I'm kind of like thriving on the on the safer at home vibe right now, but I can say that I am very excited on the other side of this to give you a big hug. And I just want you to know that if there was some intuitive download that came from this on my end, it is that you are absolutely loved, absolutely protected. You will have care throughout the rest of your life. And I imagine there will be so much joy to accompany that because of your heart. So Thank you for giving me an opportunity to take some of your time <laughs> and key and put a, put you in the closet for an hour. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you so much. It's really an honor, Annie. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, you guys. So if you loved this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify uh, or Google or Stitcher, wherever you like listening to your favorite podcast and go and give us a five-star review. You can rate us. You can review us. You can tell us what you loved. Tell us what you want to hear next time. Obviously, I would always love to have Amy back. and. Um, 
if you're on the interwebs, go and follow us at Off the Record with you, or you can go to skinowl.com and then uh, tab down to podcasts and you can hear all of our previous episodes and make sure to check out episode 20, uh, where we all were first introduced to Amy. So Amy, thank you so much. I love you. Thank you. Best of luck. And I will see you on the other side. Sounds good. Bye, my friend. Bye.